0: This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth, exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host.
1: I want to, I want to talk about intrinsic motivation and how you can actually understand some people in business, people are motivated by different things. I'm sure it's the same with sports teams, but... They might tell you one thing, like they want to be have purpose, but really they're motivated by money. And I'm curious how you've been able to filter out players on your team about what their true motivations are, and then how you can kind of tap into that and get the best out of them.
0: That's that that that's a great question. And I think the one of the big ways, the tools that we use for that. Uh, is we would early on establishing a relationship. We often use what's called player development plans or player improvement plans. Oftentimes you'll see in the business world they'll have um, performance improvement plans for when someone's on the on the, on the bad list. Uh, but we really encourage, you know, starting from a place of asking what are your goals and aspirations? What's important to you? And money, I'm sure, like promotion is one of them, but really trying to understand what about in their life, um, is important to them when it comes to family or work-life balance. And, and, um, is it as far as their aspirations as an athlete? You know, Do they want to go play the next level? Starting from that and then helping them to identify where they currently are. So where do you want to go? Where are you currently? And helping them to be aware and maybe coaching them a little bit on, well, we also see you here and here. And then it's like, okay, what are you going to do to close the gap? the gap from where you are to where you want to go. And so we we then teach our coaches, we work with coaches on the skills of motivational interviewing, which is really about evoking uh, a, a lot of a plan and some change talk. So if this is where you are and this is where you want to go, what do you need to do to close the gap? What are the obstacles that you face? And what are you committed to doing to close that gap and overcome those obstacles that you currently face and doing the things that you need to do. And so it's it's through these coaching conversations where the leader is coaching the individual, but we do it in a way that we're guiding, not coming in and fixing and telling them what it the needs to change. So we're coming in and we've understood, we show them, we value them as a person. We've shown them that uh, we're interested in what their goals are and we're helping to build a plan out there. And then it's coming in and it's supporting that change. That's a big one. And that's how we establish and support those relationships, and those standards within that in, in individual. And then to finish that off, you know, in a, in a sports context, we talk about practice as a privilege and opportunity to get better. We don't advocate a lot of physical conditioning or punishments or threats. We see like we, we, we see everything as an opportunity and privilege and when players fail to meet that standard, we pull that away from them. What that does is a little bit of like the normal psychology is we actually breed in athletes and in individuals a mindset of, oh, I've got to go to practice or oh I've got to do this. And it's like, no, you don't. That's an opportunity to get better, right? If you're not going to come here and work hard and do the things that you said you needed to do, then you're going to lose that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we do things like that where – we're really, you know, focusing on the opportunity and how it's a get-to every day, and we we train that into the athlete.
1: I want to talk about failure and how you come back because athletes and sports are some of the most public displays of failure. What's the best way you have found to repair a player's confidence?
0: Hmm. That's oh, wow. Great question. The there'll be two kind of things that we would really focus on, one is equipping them with the tools to be able to repair their own confidence. And one of the tools to change their own mindset towards failure, adversity, stress, or challenges. And that's the first thing. The second thing is to um, come in there and help them to gain a sense of control. So let's unpack the first one. When you fail, um, obviously there is, in, or you're, you're afraid of failure which is often what is one of the greatest killers of confidence is that fear of failure mm-hmm. is, is trying to equip them with tools to start to see stress, anxiety, adver- adversity, um, failure um, or the big moment like you might that you might fail in, and to reframe that stress as something that's good for them that can help them to bring out their best performance. So you obviously care because something's at stake here you know, the game, you're, you know, some sort of goal that you've been aiming at, some sort of thing that you've been working towards. And trying to see that as as the, the heart racing, this palm sweating as like, hey, this is excitement and just reframing that. Um, to also seek out others through those adversities and failures, hey, we're in this, we're failing together, we're learning together, we're looking for growth for this opportunity. And also just to really teach those growth mindset tools of just constantly coming back to is that post-reflection thing. And so confidence, I think, builds when we reflect the right way. So uh, those are some tools just just to, instead of that fight, flight, or freeze response, try to teach them the challenge, what we call the challenge response, comes from Kelly McGonigal's work, and she has a great book out there, The Upside of Stress, and she talks about the challenge response, um, about, hey, something's important here, like this 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 is Michael, let's be Michael Jordan. Let's be Tom Brady, two-minute drill. Tom Brady just, he wants the ball. He does not want the defense out there. He wants another chance to go there. He wants to have the ball last in the game. Uh, the, the other side of it is just, and hey, what's in our control? And, and, and the more autonomy and decisions that we can give players, uh, the more they're going to feel in control. And We have a sense of control. We have a sense of confidence that comes with that. When we feel out of control, that that can kill our confidence as well. So we're we're trying to we encourage coaches to even have a style of play that allows the players to make decisions, down to um, when it comes to some simple things like practice times, drills that we're selecting, um, you know, helping them to build their own workout plans rather than we just dictate what they do. The more control we can give them over their own experience, the more likely um, they're going to, to, to be able to, you know, gain that confidence. I
1: have a question, more of a personal question. I read that you had done the, uh, you completed an ultra marathon, 120 miles in 37 hours. What drove you to do that?
0: Yeah. I I mean, initially, um, you know, I got the head that the silly idea in my head when I was, um, down in southwest of Ireland, a place called County Kerry, which I live just outside of Dublin now. I'm I'm from from the states, but I, I just live outside of uh, Dublin, and it's a beautiful place. It's it's kind of where I fell in love with my wife uh, on a trip, and it has a lot of sentimental value. And I heard that oh, there's this 120 mile loop, or you know, through the through this area, that people hike. They hike it over like nine to ten days. I was like, oh, that would be nice to do that hike someday. And then I heard there was a run. I said, who the heck can do that? Um, That's crazy. I could never do that. And when anybody tells me I can't do something or I tell myself that I can't do something, it definitely perks my ears up and I start to really consider, actually, could I do that? Uh, I love being out in nature. I love running. I've started to like trail running. More around like three to five miles though on the trails, you know? Um, But yeah, I just kind of, so I kind of got into that and then I said, you know what? Uh, I read this book, the comfort crisis by Michael Easter. And he talked about these things called Masogis, these, these big challenges with a 50% chance of failure, uh, 0% chance of dying. And so I said, you know, I'm going to take a masogi on this year. And so I, without was pretty much hadn't run anything over five miles in maybe the last seven years, decided I was going to go run 120 miles through the mountains and, um, set out to do it. Why? Because I understand that through great struggle, through great adversity, through pain and suffering, um, you know, through discomfort, that that we actually can reach um, better our fullest potential, our you know, our, our our better versions of ourselves. And we're in a society now, in a world where we're constantly seeking pleasure, 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 pleasure. You know, it's we don't even want to be bored for one second. And we always wanna take the escalator. We always wanna take the elevator. We want the microwave, we're in the microwave culture. And that's not leading to mentally stronger or mentally healthier individuals. It's it's creating just the opposite. And so for me, I wanted to become mentally stronger. I wanted to become mentally healthier, uh, but I also knew like if I could go out, suffer and ex- go through that suffering and that experience, uh, I learned some about some, some stuff about myself and I did. And, uh, it's hard to really explain how I'm different. I don't know how to exactly tell people that Be- I know it. I understand it. I feel different. I approach the world differently after doing that, doing what many people said was impossible. Um, you know, for me, you know, at my size, my height and with zero running experience. Um, but I am, I'm, 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 a different person. I'm a better husband, a better father, a better leader. And, um, yeah, that that was the goal was was growth.
1: Do you think that'll sustain, or do you have to do a Masogi every couple of years to renew that feeling of uh, transformation?
0: I, I don't think I need to run 120 miles, but I I think I need to constantly be looking for little things in my life to um, be uncomfortable. Mm. And, and it's it's something. It's it, it, it's it's really silly. It's just like. You know, you go to the airport, and all of a sudden there's like everybody taking the escalators up three lines. Ah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the stairs. You know, like I mean, like little decisions you'll make in your life where it's just like, or I was going to the gro- you know grocery store the other day, and I was like, I just grabbed three bags, and we live like two miles from the house, and I was like, I'm just gonna carry the groceries. Why? Because it's just friggin' hard. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. You know, but like it's just like, yeah. but but you know what? I had a, I did it. I walked it with my son, and we had a great chat, and you know, I wasn't in the rush of cars or traffic, and. So, but I am, I'm constantly looking for stuff to kind of stretch myself, uh, you know, but I'm already approaching everything differently. Even if I stand out in the cold for a bit, you know, you're outside, you're all of a sudden you're cold. Ah, dang it. I should have brought a jacket. I'm able to mentally change the way I approach that very second and just be like, oh, the cold's not going to kill me. And I just embrace Mm -hmm. the cold. And all of a sudden I don't actually don't feel cold anymore. It's quite incredible. And that sounds crazy, but there's, there's some crazy mental stuff going on in my head for sure.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love, I, I do cold bass. I love cold. Yeah. The cold is, you're right. It's all, it's all in the head, man. Um, last question here. I'm sure you've coached incredible athletes. I'm sure you've coached along other incredible coaches, other mentors in your life. What's something that you'd like to leave the audience with that, um, that has affected you a story, uh, um, a piece of wisdom, really anything just that we can end on here
0: yeah i i think for me as a leader in 2016 i kind of hit a rock bottom and i was i thought i was invested in in culture or leadership or in my team and um i you know i read all, a lot of leadership books the john wooden books you know i've read a lot of different stuff um but i ended up hiring a coach a mentor coach to work with me one off season as i kind of hit rock bottom and uh it wasn't just the best thing for me as a leader; it was the best thing for me, period. And um, I had to make the change myself. It wasn't the it wasn't the guy that worked with me, Jamie Gilbert, that that made the changes, but you know he helped to ignite and spark in me, and guide me, and and help point me in the right direction of where I needed to go. And uh, so I am I'm passionate about the idea of us finding uh, a leadership coach. And I think that I just encourage everyone that's listening here. If you're in leadership, um, you know, to, to find someone, to find Mm -hmm. someone to coach you on that. I mean, we've got a lot of sports coaches that are like, Oh yeah, I don't need that. I'm like, yeah, I thought the same thing, but like our players need a coach. Don't they like we serve value for them. So why not somebody a little bit outside of our circumstances? Why wouldn't they provide value for me? And so, you know, finding someone, for you, I think that's that's huge and it's been obviously life-changing for me and uh, I really don't want to think about what my life would be like without having taken that step for sure. JP, thank you
1: so much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Uh, the Culture System is the book. We're going to link to it in the show notes. And um, anything I didn't ask that I should have, that I mean, that was a strong ending, but I should have asked that question. Anything? Anything else that I left out that you want to share with the audience?
0: It's great that other people out there in, in the business world are reflecting on on culture and what they've created I, I I've had the fortunate fortune of working with a couple companies one of them is probably one of the best cultures I've ever seen sports or business it's out in Salt Lake City it's a company called so long and they do boat covers and uh, marine fabric um, and it's just I, being there um, and seeing you know, a lot of these are hourly workers and, and seeing what they're getting paid and seeing how this has impacted their lives, their families' lives, mm. their their whole view on on the world and this 25-man operation, it, it, I mean, it is, um, they're obviously a phenomenal company, they're doing very well financially and the bottom line is great, but man, uh, I just love to see more and more people out there in, in, in the world um, Doing that for their employees is, is giving them the gift of this experience, this culture that changes their life, honestly. And so I just can, you know, hope coach, you know, other leaders out there uh, continue to, to set out on that path as well. Awesome. JP
1: Nervin, thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit FCPServices.com. Until next time. Remember, people drive growth.